Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am Ben Henry, recording from my cave, alongside my brother, the esteemed, the debonair, the unaccomplished, and redolent, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Uh, just a second. Redolent, strongly reminiscent or suggestive of something? Of, of no, no. The oh, fragrant or sweet smelling. I'll take that one. All right, all right. Yeah, cool. that's me. Fragrant, sweet smelling. Mm-hmm. Using mm-hmm. my uh, speed stick by Menon. That's right. I was gonna say. I was gonna say, and that's because, folks, Matthew's using Brand <laughs> X pit juice. <laughs> you know, insert uh, the brand name of your pit juice here. Ocean Surf fragrance. <laughs> I like to smell Ooh, like the ocean, you know, ocean and, surf. and, and I, I learned, I, I like to say that I'm okay with change, that I'm good with change and that, you know, I embrace change when it needs to be done, mm-hmm. except when they're, the store is out of my deodorant. Uh, oh, that well, is, that's you... where I draw the line. Like I panic. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? They're no longer, this is not longer mm-hmm. available. And, you know, then I go on Amazon and I order like five years worth of it just so that I don't run out right. anytime soon. Right, right. And that's why you smell like smell like the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're redolent. 90s. I think I was speed stick in the 80s. But, uh, okay. you know, okay. in the 90s. Well, I, well the, the dictionary features... The, the Axe body wash, okay? so Oh, you gave that up, did you? I did, yeah. You, gave, you know, that's Last like... That, that, that was never popular for Gen Xers. It was always targeted at millennials and younger. Yeah, but I was, you know, I was going through a phase. Yeah. <laughs> Right. The I wish I was younger phase. Possibly. Yeah. Some people buy Porsches. Mid- I bought body wash. You know, that was Axe body wash. The, the midlife crisis. Yeah. 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 Did you know yeah. that? Way, and then the spray, right? You're supposed to spray it in the air and walk through it. You know, I mean, that's. I thought you were supposed to put an X across your chest. Oh, that's that that's what, what I, I do wrong? with my that's what I do with my Axe body wash, body spray, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew, I have a question for you. OK. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? As I'm sitting in my closet, uh, it's probably mid-80s, probably, I would imagine, right in here, right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say I'd rather be too cold because I can put clothes on. That's right. There's, yeah. there's only so many clothes that you can take off. And you don't know this because you can only see the top, but I don't have any pants on right now. <laughs> uh Well, thank you for telling me (laughs) and our listeners. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, you can see me on camera and you can tell that I'm not wearing anything. I mean, at least I'm not wearing a shirt. No, I I am wearing a shirt. But I, too, am sitting in 85 degree temperatures. Uh, But I'm not in my closet. I am downstairs in our dining room area, hence the echo. Uh, Our AC has broken. It broke before this little, the, the worst part of this heat wave started. And, uh, you know, because everybody and their mother is getting their ACs repaired, I, I got to wait 
I got to wait until this a this this thing is over. And I got to tell you, yeah, I would very much rather be too cold. Having just been in Iceland, like in the past couple months, I would. I, I really am dreaming of being back there right now. Right, yeah. I'm dreaming of wearing three layers in the middle of summer and being too cold. I wish I was too cold right now. But you know what? And I could be with my family. I sent them off to a, to a hotel with a functioning air conditioner, and I could be there with them. But I'm here for the listeners because they deserve nothing but the best from you and I. Because Absolutely. They, because they've got nothing close to that from their favorite baseball team. Not even close. Not, and I even, was, not even a three-game sweep. Uh, can can take away that uh... of the Philadelphia Phil- Phillies. Yes. yes. Well, anyway, today, folks, is Wednesday, September seventh. As we record this podcast, the San Francisco Giants uh, got off their losing streak and won four games in a row. First by sweeping the Philadelphia Phillies, and then. Finally breaking their long and torturous losing streak, which is never acceptable under any circumstances, to the Los Angeles Dodgers by winning one game in L.A. (sighs) Before dropping two games in a row, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, which is today, um, after showing some spirited, they showed some spirited fight in both of those games. You know, it, it felt like winnable games until our bullpen got involved. <laughs> and <laughs> Bob, why is that? Our bullpen sucks. It it does, Bob. It sure does. There's just no, no other way to put it. There's no other way to put it. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so they lost another series uh, against the Dodgers. Um, and, you know, I mean, no surprise. Got off the Schneid I, though. At least we uh, we broke right. our losing we, streak. We got off the Schneid. We broke two losing streaks this week, which was amazing. Uh, let's see. I mean, w- what's relevant? What do we care about at this point? Um, they're tied for third place with the Diamondbacks. It's going to be an exciting neck-and-neck battle, I tell you what, Matthew, for the next uh, 30, 29 days. It's going to be Absolutely. really exciting to see whether or not the Giants finish ahead or behind the Arizona Diamondbacks, as yeah. we all predicted. As we yeah, all predicted. Yeah. You know, Madison just... Bumgarner will ride in and pitch eight innings in relief to beat the Giants. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And to knock them into uh, into fourth place. And well, the joke's on the Diamondbacks. That means the Giants get a better draft pick, better draft <laughs> slot. Uh, and let's see what else happened. Oh, yeah. Today, the Giants were knocked out of contention for winning the NOS division title. No! We have 30 days left to play. 30 days. And the Giants have already been eliminated from defending their National League West title. A pathetic and horrible defense of their title. 28 and a half games back. (laughs) 28 and a half games back. But you know what? Same number of games back as the Arizona Diamond. That's right. And the Colorado I, 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 Rockies I'm are still behind. I'm going to correct you because we're, actually the Diamondbacks are a half game behind the Giants right now. 
Oh, really? Oh, me, uh, the, Dam- the Diamondbacks must have played a night game. They did, you yeah, know, they lost. I, so so half game back. That's what I get. Well, that good news, folks. Yes. Good good news. Season is saved. <laughs> we are Giants, a half game up. The Giants stand alone in third place. Woo-hoo! Everything else I said is true. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, and I think that's the last we should talk about um, the San Francisco Giants today. I think sure. that's it. I think we're done. Show's over. Oh no! Wait, we gotta wrap. We gotta do the cocktail thing. We gotta, we gotta do, do the cocktails, cocktail. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's yeah, why yeah, people yeah. actually come yeah, now. Sure, 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 sure. Bob, hit Matthew with the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Ben is almost done with cocktail number two out of his two cocktail batch today. Uh, it's a hot one in his in his room, and maybe you should go first. I'll let you go first okay. today. Oh yeah, all right, yeah. Bob, cool. I'll go first. Ask Ben what he's drinking. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. I uh, actually, I, I've, I have almost completely consumed my second. As we know, folks, I always double fist, so this is no big surprise. But but usually, I start on the first cocktail at this phase. I am on my second of of what's probably going to be three. Let's um, be honest. Yes. Let, let's be honest. Um, missionary's downfall. And uh, I selected this cocktail for a few a few reasons. Uh, first of all, I apologize. I didn't tell you all that I was going to do it last week. But by the end of the last week, we were pretty sloppy, and 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 Matthew went on and on about the drink that he was going to make, and then I just completely forgot. Uh, but <laughs> yes, this is the missionary's downfall. Now, what is the missionary's downfall? The missionary's downfall is a tiki drink, and if you've been listening for the last few weeks, you know that I have been getting more and more into tiki. It, it, I'm still in the early days. You know, I just got my books from Amazon delivered with my tiki books, um, and uh, one by the the people who are, uh, responsible for the Smuggler's Cove. Those of you who know, you know. Um, and then also another one by an author named, uh, Shannon Mustafar. Anyway, you know, highly rated on, on the Amazon. Uh, and, um, what I learned about the, uh, the missionary's downfall is it's kind of like a planner's punch. You know, it, it, it's got a lot of different, uh, a lot of different ingredients in it. Um, but, uh, but nearly all of them recommend that you blend the cocktail effectively making a slushy did you wait am i right what are you right i'm just remembering yes. last year yes. when you were I telling the giants not to make slushies <laughs> last Look, week there's a, there's a difference between making a a precision perfect uh, uh, blended cocktail in your own home when it's 95 degrees inside and having one of those horrible plastic machines tumbling this this bright orange, you know, disaster that you're going to sling across a, a sticky countertop for six and a half innings. Okay, there's a big difference, Matthew. Okay. There's a there's a big difference. At least that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, I made a slushy. I made a slushy. All right, I made a slushy. So sue me, okay? I made a slushy, and it was really good. Um, but I will say this: like I would say that blending the ice on this particular case with my blender did kind of result in a in a little bit of a rocky, um, 
you know, I, I think a rocky texture. I, I think you really need to have um, a really, really good blender that is designed for doing this kind of thing. Or you probably need to pre-treat your ice by crushing it uh, ahead of time and then blending it. Uh, because it actually makes the cocktail a little tough to drink. But the cocktail has an ounce and a half of gold rum, an ounce and a half, sorry, a half an ounce of creme de peche, which I'm pretty sure translates to creamy peaches. Uh, it's, a, it's a peach liqueur. Um, you can also use peach schnapps. You can also use uh, peach, peach brandy, which I think the original recipe uh, calls for, which comes from the 1930s. Um, and then, uh, you put in, um, basically a, a sour, a, a sour, your typical sour combo. So it's at that point you have two ounces of alcohol. So you put in an ounce of simple syrup, an ounce of lime juice, and then you blend that all with ice and you pour that into a hurricane glass. In my particular case, I'm using a highball and I found that very rocky and very hard to drink. So when I made my second one, instead of blending the ice, I actually just used crushed ice. I did all of those same ingredients. I shook them in a shaker, um, and then I strained, didn't double strain because I was pouring into uh, crushed ice, a, a pie ball full of crushed ice. And then I served that with a straw, and that was really good. And that's the one that I'm drinking now. That you were, were drinking? That now? I was drinking. Yeah, just finished. And um, it's actually really, really good. I, I think the core to me, I, I'm still getting into it and I, I'm still learning, but I think the core of tiki is really that pineapple flavor. I had always thought of it as kind of being like a coconut thing, but I really think the thing that really brings forward the tiki um, kind of vibe is the pineapple. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that, I think that's really the central ingredient. Um, and, and maybe those of you out there who know tiki really well are like, like duh, you're an idiot. And it's true. That's I am. True. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm, you know, but, but, but I'm, I'm an idiot willing to learn. And I'm on my learning path. And I think, I think in, the, in a few moments here, I'm actually going to make another version. But this time I'm going to put it on the rocks instead of using crushed ice. And uh, I'm going to shake it again. And um, uh, in, in all of the forms, I mean, I, I don't know what that one will be like yet. But in the first two formats, it has been very, very tasty. But I definitely think I did prefer the one over crushed ice rather than blending. So I will stand with my original my original statement from last week. No slushies! <laughs> All right. All right, now you go. All right, well, Bob's already asked me what I was drinking, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to roll on into it mainly because I'm lazy and I don't want to edit Bob into my into this podcast twice. And uh, we don't yeah, I mean and he, he's so he's such a prima donna and he costs Well, so yeah, much. and he gets paid by the word and you know it's just I don't know. Anyway. All right. So so at some point this season I brought cuz I think we did it last year too. We we brought back the 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 cocktail called the Suffering Bastard. And uh, and I think it's worth kind of re- starting there because uh, for a couple reasons. One is that uh, this this cocktail is a trilogy. There's uh, the suffering bastard, the dying bastard, and the dead bastard. And Matthew, Matthew, were yes. they all created by the same bartender? Yes, yes, they oh, were. Okay, they were, and and. Uh, Word has it, and it was like some island country and some hotel bar, you know, like the like the usual stories go around classic cocktails. And and this bartender, the, the, they're not really entirely sure, uh, but I think I read that they, he was trying to make his spirits last longer uh, because there was some kind of world war going on or something like that. And so 
So he uh, started mixing uh, different spirits uh, into a cocktail. So the Suffering Bastard has bourbon and gin, lime juice and Angostura bitters, and topped off with ginger beer. Right. So that's that's the Suffering Bastard, the two spirits, bourbon and gin. Then and and actually, we when we debuted that, I, I think I mentioned last episode. We actually one of our listeners, uh, uh, Mark, uh, his Twitter handle is at Mister Merced, uh, actually tried this cocktail and actually thought it was pretty great, and and ended up making it for his family. Uh, and it is a really tasty cocktail, but that's just the beginning, folks, because you at that point you're just suffering. Uh, but then you want to move into dying. The dying bastard has. Uh, Gin and bourbon, and then it also, and then the next one you add is brandy. So, so now you've got a half ounce of brandy, a half ounce of gin, a half ounce of bourbon, half ounce of lime juice, a couple dashes of aromatic bitters, and about three ounces of ginger beer. So that's your dying bastard. But I mean, we're at the state of of the season where uh, we're not just dying; we're dead. And so today. I bring to you the dead bastard. All right. And the dead bastard has uh, not only has the original of brandy, gin, and bourbon, but now we're adding rum. So you've now got a half ounce each of brandy, gin, bourbon, and rum, a half ounce of lime juice, two dashes of Angostura, and it could be any aromatic bitters, but I, you know, that's what I got. It shows uh, Angostura. And then two parts, uh, so two ounces of ginger beer. And... Uh, you would think that this would be a hot mess, but it actually comes together quite nicely with the ginger beer and the lime juice kind of cutting into all the different flavors of the, of the spirits. And it produces a kind of a, like a tart, uh, taste to it. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that you should, you should garnish it with a sprig of mint and kind of slap the mint a couple times and put it on the top because that really adds the aromatics adds a lot when you're drinking it. And so, uh, when you combine it all together and and you know put it in a cocktail shaker, shake it with ice, and then pour it into a highball glass with ice, uh, or strain it, I should say, uh, it becomes a pretty nice cocktail with the the mint garnish. You, you get the aroma of the mint and the tartness of the lime and the ginger beer, kind of cutting through all the spirits, um, and so it actually kind of tastes. I will say it's a it's a little reminiscent of the Long Island iced tea, but not as harsh. It's a more refined cocktail than the good old fashioned Long Island iced tea that you would get at the local dive bar. Uh, uh, so I would I would say this is a winner. You know, it's and right now as I'm sitting in my closet in 85 degree weather, uh, it is quite refreshing, and I'm going to take a couple big swigs right now. Yeah, the bite of the ginger beer at the end is nice. I would say that if you wanted a little sweeter, you could go ginger ale on this. Um, But a nice, tart, spicy ginger beer uh, is excellent as well. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yeah, it is a tasty cocktail, Bob. Surprisingly so. It's It's a tasty cocktail. Uh, maybe not not your most sophisticated, uh, but we'll definitely do in a pinch. And the fact it's pretty boozy. A couple of these spirits are pretty high proof. You know, you've got the bourbon is uh, gosh a ninety four proof bourbon, and and uh, so it definitely can give you a little punch when you need it. And let's face it, the way the Giants have been playing, we need it, folks. We need the it. The Giants need a little punch. Absolutely, ah. absolutely. Zing. 
and and <laughs> I think maybe you know Kapler could you know start you know hitting a couple of these instead of his like protein drinks and things that he does. No, he drinks he drinks whiskey. Remember, he has nightcaps. Oh, with that's Amy right. G? He stole our concept with uh, Amy G. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except he can't be bothered. He's got to look sophisticated. Uh, although I think he did admit that, like, you know, he said he said I drink these things, and people mistook that for like I like receiving these as gifts. <laughs> um, but but anyway, so, so folks, this would be normally the time in the show where we would segue into talking about baseball. Um. And, 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 and ignore all the mistakes that we've made, as we do, you know. But I'm just realizing, as, as Matthew was talking about his cocktail and I got up to make my cocktail, I realized that I gave the ingredient list incorrectly. And yeah, rather you for, than make, you forgot one of those. Uh, I did, I did, you? and then I talked about it. <laughs> I talked about how important it was after I didn't mention it in the ingredient list. And, and then it was, so that was pretty stupid. So anyway, folks, here's the correct list for a uh, the missionary's downfall it is one and a half well the way i made it you're gonna find different recipes in different places but it's one and a half ounces of golden rum half an ounce of creme de peche or any other peach liqueur that you can secure um uh, i used uh an ounce of lime juice and an ounce of honey syrup and that is important that is a traditional ingredient in the cocktail and then I added an ounce and a half of pineapple juice, which I did not include in the original list. Uh, and I'm actually making the cocktail again, and, and, and this time I'm just going to, to shake it and serve it over the rocks. So uh, I, I don't know that you have to follow me while I do this, or, or maybe we should just cut back to when I'm done. Yeah, or I, while you, you do that, I will talk about my cocktail for next week. All right, you do that. I'm not listening to you, by the way. All right. <laughs> Just like, like, he ever, like he ever listens to me. <sighs> All right. So next week, we're, I'm going to be doing the, uh, a cocktail called the Sunflower. And uh, mainly because between Ben's inability to drink all of his gin... And the fact that we haven't done a gin cocktail in a, in a few weeks, I feel like we're due. So uh, the Sunflower is uh, a very a summery drink and uh, has uh, gin and uh, elderflower liqueur. And it's a and then it's a little surprise at the end. And it's a very tasty cocktail. Uh, it's one that I've I've made a few times. And so I'm going to be introducing the 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 dainty Sunflower for next week's uh, podcast. All right, we should probably talk about some baseball. Should we? Uh, can we? What? Is, I mean, do we? Do we have to? We probably do. We've we've stretched this out enough. To All right. Well, it's fine. Okay. So so you know we we gotta start off with the obligatory Lewis Brinson mention. Oh, greatest giant ever. Greatest. Yeah, he's got the highest OPS plus in the history of the Giants, like two sixty five. Yeah. Well, he's almost as good as David VR though. But but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, Lewis Brinson. Okay, so so here's the truth, Matthew. As as well as you know, because you were there Friday Friday night, you and I hung out, and and we were talking about the Giants uh, calling up one Lewis Brinson, because he was one of their two September call ups, right? The other one being David VR, and um, you know somebody who we kind of already knew, but probably felt like he deserves a call up, right? He's had two good seasons in a row at the AAA level, you know. If anybody deserves a chance to prove himself at the major league level for an extended period of time with ex- with a lot of at bats, 
you know, given that the Giants are not contending for a, a playoff spot at this point, it's David VR. Okay, well, so who's Lewis Brinson? Where did he come from? How come I've never heard this name before? Who the heck is this guy? What do you mean? You've never heard of him? He was like in the top 10 prospects, you know, a list, you know, a few years back. He was <sighs> one of the best prospects in baseball, Ben. I don't pay attention to other teams' prospects until they debut. And I see them in the MLB.com app or .tv app, and they show me their highlights, like Adley Ruchman and uh, Gunnar Henderson. You know the Giants' top prospects. Come on. That's right. You didn't know Lewis Brinson? I do know the Giants' top prospects, Matthew, and I don't know Lewis Brinson. Mainly because he was the number one prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers. Right, right, right. And I also know this, Matthew. There aren't many prospects who have close to 1,000 major league at-bats. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And there are not many quote unquote prospects who have over a thousand major league at bats who are hitting a buck ninety nine either. <laughs> so what you're saying is Lewis Brinson was somebody else's never will be. Yes. He was like our Mac Williamson. <laughs> he was our Mac Williamson. He was somebody else's Mac Williamson. Yes, that's what I meant. Yes. And uh, and so we bought him from somebody. I don't y'all you know, I, you know, I don't like the way that sounded. We paid somebody else cash to secure his rights. Yes, from as a the, major the Astros. Player. Yes, uh, from the Astros. And, uh, but they had acquired him from somebody else, right? Even after he had uh, kind of Florida, I imagine. I'm trying to follow yeah. the dots. I think it was Florida. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, or the Miami. Point is, that Miami the point is, is it's known now. This is one of a Farhan Zaidi special, right? This is, this is Farhan Zaidi buying low, right? And, and hoping that something will pan out. And so far, so good, right? So far, so great. Like we're yeah. we're all like gonna ride, we're gonna buy Lewis Brinson shirts and uh, jerseys and we're all excited about him you know spending a full season with the Giants next year, and uh, I'm just excited because the man can run. And you see and how he, tall he is? Like he and Sean Jelly could be like the front end of like they, they could they could be backup forwards for the uh, for the for the Warriors. I, I think uh, yeah they they you know, just on height alone I think he's, right. he's fascinating because we all know that that's all you need in basketball to be good is to be tall. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, uh, so here he is, Lewis Brinson, the second coming. Right? He's the savior. He's going to. He, he's going to be our center fielder of the future. Right? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But I mean, he's a good story. I mean, at the very least, he's something interesting that we can point to and we can say, wow, you know, th- he's fun to watch. He might be a reason, Matthew, for, for, for some of us to take the time to turn on the games against the Chicago Cubs, right, next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there's no other reason to watch those games. Well, and that's exactly right. This is the time to watch the future, maybe, or watch, you know, that's the reason why you're watching the Giants at this point is to see, you know, who who's positioning themselves into making the roster next year and making an impact next year. Right. It could be Lewis Brinson. Why not? Right. I mean, he could be next year's Lamont Wade Jr. or whatever. Uh, Who knows? Right, and I think I think that's one of the things that I think we've always sung the praises of Farhan Zaidi and this and this um, this regime is is how they handle these kinds of players. Right, they find them out there, they get them for real cheap, and they and maybe they they either identify what they've been doing wrong, or they just let them be themselves. Right, 
and and they tell them like, hey, we're not going to try to change your swing. We're not going to try to change your approach. Well, we are going to have you trying to change your approach. What we're going to tell you is swing at less balls and swing at more strikes, right? Attack yeah. your pitch. And we'll be happy if you pop out to the third baseman or hit a home run. We just want you to go after the pitches that you can hit and lay off the pitches you can't. Um, other than that, you be you. And, and, and a lot of times it works, right? I mean, you know, that's how we've got Luis Gonzalez Jr. That's how we got, sorry, uh, well, yes. And that's how we got Lamont Wade Jr. Um, and, uh, and, and we've taken a lot of other flyers on guys just like that. And, and he could be another, you know, he could be another Lamont Wade. He could be another Luis Gonzalez, right? I mean, although, you know, obviously <laughs> both of those guys have had their ups and downs. Um, which, Flash in the pants, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, which also might be telling in and of itself, right? I mean, there's a reason why these guys haven't panned out. And sure, maybe you can do a couple of things here and there to make them somewhat viable, but but perhaps at the end of the day, they haven't panned out because they're just not good enough. Um, but, you know, I, I think the jury's still out on Brinson, at least as far as the Giants are concerned. And so, you know, and, and, and I, to a certain extent, he's I'm happy he's here, right? Like, if there, if there is a, if he's the best guy that the Giants can get onto their major league roster in September to give him a, essentially what is a 30-day tryout, uh, leading into next into the off season and next year's spring training, um, then great. I'm glad they did it, and I'm glad that he's here. But, but this is a really bad sign. The only reason that the Giants can make this move is because they have the room to make this move, and because they have nobody else in their own organization who they think is worthy of calling up in September, including Heliot Ramos. Including Kai Tom. Uh, yeah, Kai Tom. You're right. Exactly. You're right. I, I totally forgot that Kai could be here. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, okay, see, when you put it that way, it makes calling somebody up like Lewis Brinson a no-brainer. But, well, yeah. but that's exactly my point, is, is that it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer to go out there and find a guy that you can trade for cash and call him up immediately because that's how uninteresting and absolutely light years away from being a major league player the Giants have in their outfit at any level. At any level. They're just not interested in calling anybody up. Yeah. And that's because they don't have anybody. They don't have not one. And, I mean, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the answer to this is, like, tell me something new, Ben. <laughs> like, this is, yeah, I, I mean, what do you expect them to news. do? I mean, there's, it's like, like, you bring up Elliot Ramos, who struggled in AAA just to have him struggle in the majors. I just, you yeah. know, so you know, kudos to them. Let's go out and, like, buy a prospect and let's see what he can do. I mean, I mean, I mean he's not really a prospect. Yeah. But let's, let's buy somebody to, who's ha- actually... 
to Brinson's credit, was having an excellent year in AAA. And so let's go buy this kid and see what he could do. And sure. so he could that's be the what next, this is about, right? He could and, be the next Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah. Right? Who they got or three could really be, good you know, years the next, He could be the next Mike Padlow. So, you know, you just don't know. And, and we're, you know, but maybe we, we figure it out by the end of the month. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm hoping more for the Yastrzemski side. Than the, <laughs> I mean, than the, the Kevin, is, it, is his name Kevin? Oh, okay. I thought it was Mike and I thought that was a good transition, but maybe it was. I don't know. It is Kevin. All right. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> oh man, that would have been a good, uh, a good comeback if that had been his actual name. Yeah. Oh, well. So, so, sorry, Kevin. Um, but I mean, the, the the point. I guess what you're asking me, what, what do I what do I expect? I don't. I expect them to do this. I expect them to do exactly this. But I also expect them. I expected them to have more options at this point. And it to Absolutely. me, to me, it's just a sign, another sign as to how bad the minor leagues are, how underdeveloped they are, how you know. I don't. I don't think this. This team is not twenty twenty three. I don't think this team is twenty twenty four ready. This minor league. I think the best we can hope for is twenty twenty five. I mean, maybe I'm wrong yeah, about Von maybe. Brown. I mean, I maybe think, you know Grant. We talked about Grant McRae last week, right. and if he you know he got moved up to Double A, he could he could be the next one. Yeah, I mean a couple of these uh, guys. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be Elliot Ramos, you know. And yeah. you know, at what point do they decide that he's just taking up space? Yeah, I mean, I, I think often the way this thing kind of works out, at least for the Giants, is these, these guys just come out of nowhere, right? These these guys that nobody yes. expected, right? The, the the Joe Panics of the world, right? Right. Yeah. And um, and and I know Joe Panic's career was relatively short, and his time with the Giants was you know was was also short. Um, but man, but, Joe Panic was a was- massive success story. I was going to say, I mean, he played a pivotal role at a pivotal time. So right. I mean, and for the he ma- was a success at the major. Well, I mean, as a major leaguer, as baseball players go, yeah. I mean, sure, he's not in the Hall of Fame, but but overall, from the grand scheme of things, if your if your farm system can produce guys like Joe Panic at a regular rate, you're doing pretty good for yourselves. Yeah. And um, and you know, I I guess that's that's kind of like the best we can hope for. But you know, meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Pirates always seem to have a guy. Like look what the look what the Baltimore Orioles are doing now. They're just cranking them out. It's like every time they pull a lever, another like top ten prospect comes flying out of the gate, and he's hitting home runs, and he's you know diving all over the place, and he's just like he's the second coming of, you know, I don't know, Mike Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski. No, he's better than Mike Yastrzemski. <laughs> Yes, He's but do you second- remember when like the court, the Orioles were getting so much crap for uh, letting Mike Yastrzemski go? Well, yeah, and you're me and Mercedes. Yes, well, that was the White Sox, right? Oh, no, I guess, he, was he with? They were both with the Orioles. Oh, Orioles at the first, yeah. okay, yeah. And, um, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, maybe something's changed at the Orioles minor league level. Maybe they've just gotten lucky. But I don't know, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates always seem to be cranking out guys. The Tampa Bay Rays always seem to be cranking out guys. The Los Angeles Dodgers always seem to be cranking out guys. Yeah. When do we yeah. start cranking out guys? 2024, Ben. Uh, I, but it's funny that you're all upset about this because I want to say there was a podcast earlier in the year where you were all like, maybe it was even late last year, where you were like, we weren't going to be good until 2024. What happened to that, Ben? 
Well, I mean, I'm not so sure that 2024 is the year because I know it's not going to be 2023. My point is, okay, I used fair. to say 2023, yeah. 2024, and uh, I'm worried that those are not the case now. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe I should be optimistic. I mean, Grant McRae does seem like he is he's rocketing through the organization. And, and all, you, all it needs, all you need is one or two, right? right I mean, to right. really turn around. Von Brown looks uh, real great, you know? Yeah. I owe. I didn't do my homework. Uh-oh. What was your homework? You wanted me to measure his thighs or something? Oh. <laughs> you wanted, you wanted <laughs> me to do right. something real weird. You wanted I, I me. I did want you to measure his thighs. You, I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that. I didn't do that <laughs> because it's weird. And also, like you know, I'm not, I'm not really into like you know contact. And I would have had it, I you know, you know, this is weird. It's weird. I probably probably would have ended up in jail, or with a black eye. <laughs> Certainly would have deserved a black eye. Uh, but anyway, I mean, Von Von Brown is you know, I mean, I you know, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it really does. And you know, um, Marco Luciano. Yes, him. <laughs> the the one that we keep hearing about but have never seen? Yeah. The I, mythical? Uh, the mythical the Marco, Marco Luciano? I've seen, no, I've seen him. I've seen him. First of all, can we get some better cameras at the lower levels? Serious. Look, like I, it's one I, thing. I, to, I, my, my ring camera is better than, than the ones that they show of minor league baseball. It's one thing to pay these guys $500 a week. Um, it's another thing to not put some good cameras out there, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're not going to spend money on the players, can you at least spend money on the equipment that, that shows me the players? Um, and, and also minor league announcers, are they the worst ever or what? Well, yeah, they are. I mean, that's they're the reason why they're minor leaguers, yeah. you know, they're. They're 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 wannabe prospects as well, which is all of which of my my way of saying I've seen him and he was hit, he hit a couple of grand slams in back to back weeks. He's actually looking really good since he came back from his injury. And so you're right. I mean, you put those three names, Brown, McRae and and uh, Marciano or Luciano, Luciano, not the boxer, the, the baseball <laughs> player. I, uh, well, then you throw like Casey Schmidt in there, who's also had a great year right. and can play shortstop and third base. You know, uh, there's a, those are four guys that maybe by the middle of next year, at least a half of the, you know, a couple of them could right. could be on the major league roster. And Wilson also, who was injured this year, you know, so yeah. right. Um, so see, yeah. you're talking yourself into things working out, Ben. Yeah, but they're not working out next year, and 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 and, and, and all of those guys are not going to work out, right? Not all of them. All right. of them are. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I will say, I mean, some of them could show up in 2024. But that's, I mean, but the point is, is that none of them are here now. And that's why we're getting Lewis Brinson's. But the other thing that I mentioned was there's places to put Lewis Brinson because there's nobody blocking his way. Right. There's, there's no, like, there's no Brandon Crawford with a year left on his contract. There's no Evan Longoria, who's, you know, the, the elder statesman who deserves the respect. You know, even VR is going to be taking some of his playing time. But, uh, yeah, you're right. There's, there was no one out in the, in, in the outfield that's going to, like, stop Brinson from playing. And I think that is the biggest, most glaring failing of Farhan Zaidi's time with the San Francisco Giants. 
to me, it looks like Farhan has spent most of his time trying to get to the Giants to the point where they're not spending any money. Hmm. Right? He's clearing dead contracts, and he's then going after all of these bargain bin replacements. You know, I, I'm starting to read in some some of these paywall comments in articles about the Giants. Right? These are paywall sites. Right? You have to pay money to get there and then to be able to comment. I'm starting seeing some of the fans. They're, they're calling the Giants out, and they're saying, like, I don't believe you when you say that you're spending money and that you're not trying to save money and you're not trying to be cheap. Right? The yeah. fans are getting restless, and it really seems like if the Giants' ownership has given Farhan free reign to spend money, he's not. And the thing about that is, is like if he had three seasons ago gone after a big free agent position player, that guy would be finishing his third con- his third year of his contract now. And maybe you had to give him five years, so he'd have two years left. And if they had done that the following season, and then the season after that, we'd have three guys under contract who are not currently on this team. How much better would the Giants have been if they had landed three high-quality bats in the last three years? Sure. I mean, you're assuming health and that you know those sure. guys would perform and all that because you can choose the wrong free agent, which I think is probably part of the problem. I think is that uh, – well, I think there's two issues with that. I, I wonder what if wrong Farhan free agent is, is... did they choose, Matthew? Which wrong free agent well, position player did they choose? I'm just saying that maybe that's part of the issue is that he's afraid of choosing the wrong one and so hence chooses no one. Then he shouldn't no have one. this job. He shouldn't have this job if he's afraid of well, that. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. And and then the other point is that Farhan may not want to well, I mean he may not be able to convince players to come here, right? And so, yeah, cuz it's a two-way street. You've got you've got, and and I think that there's a couple issues with that. One is that some you know, we've talked about it before. There's, you know, the, the ballpark plays into factor, all those kind of things. But there's also, like, a, is the team ready to win? And and I think we saw that with Bryce Harper. We saw that with Manny Machado. You know, the Giants weren't in that win-now window, and 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 it didn't look like they were they were going to be. And so, uh, you know, I think that there's there's a lot of things. And I think that this is the year, though, where he's he's almost, like, backed himself into a corner that he has to spend money. Yeah. And and on, so on on what might actually be the wrong guy. Like every yes. year that he hasn't done it, he's put himself into a tougher and tougher position. To yeah, where because he's now forced. agents know that he's kind of like forced to. He's in a position where he has to spend money, uh, and I feel like they could you know, take advantage of that. And and but frankly, as a fan, maybe they don't care. Maybe you know. And and I think that. Two years of Aaron Judge on a seven-year contract, like maybe two or three good years on a seven-year contract, is that worth it? I don't think he gives him a seven-year contract. So maybe it's, you know... But, then but he's he going to be a Yankee. The Yankees right? said it right. today. The Yankees said it today. They will, go to, they will go to the wall. They will do whatever okay. it takes. They will spend all the money. The Yankees have basically told the San Francisco Giants, we will match you dollar for dollar. That was the message that the Yankees sent today. And that was smart of them, right? Because yeah. now they're going to drive the price up. The Giants are going to have to spend more. Yeah, and that's because Farhan Zaidi put himself in this situation by not signing free agents in previous years. Right, and 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 I don't know if he can get away with just one, right? I mean, it can't just it can't just be Judge. 
and be done, right? No. It can't be like, oh, we got Aaron Judge. It was a great offseason. Yeah. Now he's got to do Trey Turner or, you know, Brandon, or was it uh, Nemo from the Mets? Or I mean, he's got to get some guys that can come in and play, and he's got to convince them and pay them. And who knows yeah. whether that's even going to be feasible. I really like it. And what if he walks away with none of those guys? If he walks away with none of those guys... I don't know that he survives it next year. Yeah. I mean, because that's his job, right? To convince yeah. people to come and play for him. Yeah. I mean, and there's a really easy way to convince people to do that. Give them more money. Yeah. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, both vol- Albert Pujols, those, they all voluntarily chose to go play for the Angels. Now, Meanwhile, Stephen Duggar is opting out to play for the Angels, right? So. Yeah, because Steven's, Steven's a smart guy, and he knows that that organization is a pit. But Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and Albert Pujols were all like, yeah, I'm all in, baby. Let me play in L.A. Let's do that. Yeah. Little did they know it's like, well, first like of all, not it's really not, L.A. It's, it's not it's, L.A. It's Anaheim. Yeah. And nobody really cares about Anaheim. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's in the middle of like a bunch of freeways and it's just, you know, you kind of drive by it and there's Disneyland and, oh, and that stadium. That's pretty much it. And an owner who meddles and who's not very good at it. Right. And, and yeah. he finally has realized, I suck at this. I got to sell the team, which reminds me, do, do you have two point two billion dollars? And could you lend me one point one and then two, the, the both of us could go and have seats? Uh, let me check my pants pockets. I might have some of that lying around. Right. I mean, that's the only way I'd become an Angels fan is if I owned them. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, anyway, my, the point is, I mean, getting back to, 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 to Zaidi, like, like, what is the way? To, give them more money. Yeah. Like, that is the way. Like, Major League Baseball players have proven that time and time again. Give them more money. You and, know? and I think that the fact that Judge is from the Bay Area and grew up a Giants fan and still has pictures of Barry Bonds on his wall at, uh, in his house, and we've seen that in interviews, I think only makes it more, like, like imperative that that Farhan signs him and if he can't like he better show up at Aaron Judge's door on the first day of free agency with a boatload of money and Barry Bonds smiling you know and waving to him on the sidewalk have you met my friend Barry yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barry's going to be on the on the sidewalk with the boombox over his head, you know, blasting music, you know, and uh, hoping that uh, that Judge chooses him. Exactly. I mean, I, I I think this is one of the easiest players to ever sign, uh, and if he doesn't get it done, then what can he do? Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it's like he's he a- can sign a bunch of switch hitters or lefties and righties who you know almost can be's and never will be's and and win 107 games. Yeah, I mean, like this is what he should have been doing all along, and I and I get it. Like free agency is a crapshoot. I was really high on Nick Castellanos, right? Castellanos yes. had a horrible year. Yeah, horrible year. Well, we uh, just saw him, right? Uh, well, no, because I think he was on the IL. Doesn't he play for the Phillies? He does play for the Phillies, but I believe he's currently hurt for the Phillies. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, um, but even then, he hasn't been. He hasn't had the best year. And I was right. like, I was like, oh, let's go get Nick Castellanos, right? I was like, let's go get that guy. Um, and boy, was I wrong. But. Um, 
but the point is, yeah, it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. And, but you know what? Like, if he had signed three of those guys in the last, you know, year, you know, maybe maybe one of them is is about what you expected. Maybe one of them is subpar, and maybe one of them is better. I, I think that's a good track record, right? And and I think the Giants would have been a better team if he had gotten those guys, and he didn't. And I because of what? Because because he likes a bargain. Because he doesn't want to get bamboozled. Because he doesn't want to spend more than the market rate. Because he doesn't want to have to spend San Francisco money when other guys can get him for cheaper. Like yeah, whatever. Nobody wants to hear that. No, no. I don't want you. To, I don't want to hear how much money you saved us by not signing a guy. Right. Like it, it's it's just it, like. I get it. I get it. You don't want to put up contracts that absolutely hamper the organization. But I think if you had signed a guy to a four-year contract who maybe deserved a three-year contract, guess what? If you'd done that three years ago, you'd only have one year left on his contract right now. Right. Nick Castellanos, by the way, has a negative 0.3 war this year. Mike Yastrzemski has a positive 1.6. Uh, and and most of Mike Kostromsky's value is coming from defense yeah, and, Nick and base running. Can't play defense. No, know. or base run. So yeah, 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 no, no. Ben was that was a real that was a real Ben was dumb on that one. I just I was like <laughs> right hand like right handers have always hit well at Oracle, you know Jeff and Richie, and uh, you know just uh, the big Andres Galarraga. <sighs> Man. The big cat? The You're big bringing cat. in the big cat? The big cat hit one of the biggest home runs I've ever ever seen. Edgardo Alfonso. Oh, man. Now you're now Okay. I think maybe. Uh, Ellis Burks. Oh, gosh. The third cocktail starting to hit. Oh, man. All those right-handed power hitters just pounding them down the line. Uh, All right. Remember when we said that we were going to keep this under an hour? Yeah. It's probably time to, 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 to wrap this sucker up. That's it, folks. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Uh, I will say that next week we've got eight games in seven days. So it's, uh, you know, and and for a team that uh, has a really shaky bullpen that doesn't really make me feel confident about next week, uh, we got a doubleheader, a good old-fashioned doubleheader against the Brewers. Like, how's that going to turn out with our our starters and bullpen? The Giants Um, are going to hammer them. The Giants are going to win that. They're going to sweep that doubleheader, and they're basically going to make the wild card race moot at that point. Right. Well, the Brewers right now are four games behind the Padres for the final spot, and the Padres and the Phillies are actually tied for the second and third spots. So uh, the Phillies, uh, yeah, I, it's it's almost like it's done here. Yeah, the yeah. Phillies and the Padres have tried really hard to Philly and Padre, but the Brewers, but the Brewers have, are the like Brewers have outclassed them, man. Yeah, they're like hold my beer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like remember we said one of these teams was going to do this. They all three of them are doing it. Yeah. The the door yeah. was wide open for the Giants. The door was wide open for the Giants, and they took one look at that and they were like, "I'm afraid of the indoors. I got a phobia," and they ran away the other direction. Yeah. Well. Uh, well, we could play spoiler. You know, put the Cubs or Brewers out of their misery. The Cubs. Totally meaningless games. No, we're, we're watching Lewis Brinson. It's the Lewis Brinson watch. The Lewis Brinson. Or, or how about we have the Seiya Suzuki versus Joey Bart, the MVP of the series 
Award, right. Or rookie of the rookie, Series Award. Rookie of the Series, right, right. Because I think in our first uh, episode of the season, you know, we talked about how one of them was going to win the Rookie of the Year Award. So let's just say Rookie of the Season, or of the Series, I said and that, see what happens. I said that Joey Bart would finish ahead of Suzuki, but neither of them would win the award. Still technically possible, but this is not, what I, this is not what I had in mind. <laughs> this is not what I had in mind. Um... <laughs> But uh, but yeah, but Joey Bart is back. It's nice to see him back. You know, from the yeah, from the concussion yeah. list. So so that's good news. Yeah. Well, it'll yeah, and he's got a month to kind of pad his stats and uh, get some confidence going into next year. And you know, hopefully that uh, you know he becomes the mainstay behind the plate because uh, you'd like to see that keep going. Agreed. And I think he can. And I th- I'm I'm you know what I'm I'm going to be an optimist now. He will. All right. All right. Well, on that note, I think we should end with you being an optimist because that never happens. Never happens. Uh, so follow us on Twitter and Instagram, folks, at Giant Cocktails. Uh, rate us. Uh, maybe not after this this episode. Maybe don't rate us today. Uh, you know but, what? Uh, if you're an old listener who's been listening to us a long time, yeah. maybe maybe do. And you rate haven't us after actually rated us yet. I mean, go and give us a rating. That would be great. You know it does what? help us. You know, it's. Uh, you know, it helps us get through all the clutter on the old podcast search engine. Uh, definitely give us a give us a, a rating. Right. Four uh, stars is better than no stars, baby. That's right. That's right. I, I anyway, actually, that's actually not true. But whatever. <laughs> all right. See, we've learned a lesson not to let Ben drink three uh, cocktails before the end of uh, an episode. Uh, so maybe we should let it go from there. Uh, ben, it was uh, good chatting with you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.